sign. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and literally everything in between? Welcome back to the underground, episode five of Pop Culture Underground. Unforgiving takes, passionate opinion on all things pop culture, news, reviews, media, and more from a fan just like you. Welcome back, episode five. I would love to welcome everybody, everybody that joins this. Thank you so much for joining. Welcome. I welcome you back from a very somber weekend, as this is going to be an extremely bittersweet episode, as Chadwick Boseman has passed away at 43 from colon cancer, and man, it was a hit, a dagger to the heart that millions across the world felt. The man was a leader, the man was an inspiration, the man was a legend, a king, a fantastic, a fantastic human being that is most important of all. He was a rare, once-in-a-lifetime person that was full of nothing but goodness and wanted nothing more than to bring the world together and to stop the social injustice that is happening across this nation. And I am saying that as a white individual that will never understand what they go through, that will never understand what you go through, and nonetheless am fed up and sick of what I see on the TV screens, what I see with my own eyes in my own city, what I see every day, what I teach my children. And Chadwick Boseman was one of the top leaders who tried to push this more and more before all of this rioting and social injustice began. Before all of this, this man was on top of it. And, I, and I'm trying to do this without being political. I will never, ever bring politics into this show. But no matter what you believe, whether you believe in coronavirus or not, whether you believe in social injustice or not, you cannot deny that Chadwick Boseman was a rare individual who would put a smile on your face even if you are a damn white supremacist, okay? Without getting political here, that is what I believe. And when I saw what happened this weekend, it hurt me. And I don't understand how it can hurt me this badly because I didn't even know the man. You know, we talk about him. We watch him on TV. We see the news headlines. But most of us do not know him. Yet, this struck a chord in every person that I have seen on social media, that I have seen in real life, that I have talked to over a text or over the phone. And that right there should show you and tell you what kind of human being Chadwick Boseman was. Look, I'm sitting here getting emotional about this, and I'm a white man. I'm a white person getting emotional about this, someone that didn't even know him. But just thinking back on what this guy did for the black community, it, it just, it fills my heart with joy, and it stabs my heart through the chest to hear that this man is gone. Because how can that be? How can, how can a person that is full of so much inspiration, that does so good, be taken from us? Be taken from his family? That, that is the real tragedy here because this man began all of this before all of the George Floyd stuff happened. He was on top of this before all of that. And everything that he's pushed for and everything that he has done just becomes more and more and more relevant as time goes on. And that is a good thing, but that is also a very tragic thing. But Chadwick Boseman, no matter who you are out there, will always remember you for what you did for what you portrayed, but for most importantly, the kind of human being that you were. 
and we will get more into this as the episode goes on, but I could not let another second pass on this episode without mentioning that. Guys, after that somber tone, welcome to Pop Culture Underground, episode 5. This week, I have got a few things for you, trying to get on a happier note here. Today's topics, I'm going to introduce you to the rating system. Got a very first rating system. Now, I'd be lying if I said this rating system was not subject to change. I want to see how people feel about this rating system. I want to see how it goes, how I feel using it. So I'm going to start off by using it, and we will reassess a few episodes down the road and see if it is good enough to stand on Pop Culture Underground. Now, I am Jordan. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. If this is your first time, I like to do 30 to 45 minute episodes and give you unforgiving takes, and I mean unforgiving. Very passionate, energetic opinion. I try to bring all the energy I can to this show. I try to put all of the research I have into it. I try to put all of the work, all of the ethic, and all of my fandom into everything I do to bring to you. So, with all of that said, now let's get into today's topics. Sorry, I'm an emotional guy today, I'm a, as most of the country is. I'm very emotional today, so forgive me if I mess up a little bit. Over on the Marvel side, of course, Chadwick Boseman. We need to talk about that. All of the New Mutants controversy. I would love to discuss that because it's actually quite entertaining to see. And also in Marvel Weekly, I would love to touch up on Donny Cates, how phenomenal of a writer he is, the best writer in comics right now, in my opinion, and his Thor and Venom run since Tony Marquand on Instagram compelled me to do so. He brought it up and reminded me, oh yeah, I'm five episodes in on this show and I have not talked about my absolute favorite writer in comics right now, Mr. Donny Cates. So, we will be touching up on that in Marvel Weekly as well, over on the DC side. We will be talking about Batman Day 2020, what's going to happen in Batman Day this year, and what day it will take place on as DC announced that today. Also, I'm going to give a very quick review on the animated movie Superman Man of Tomorrow. But the biggest section in Pop Culture Underground this week is going to be Pop C Weekly. We're going to be talking about the haunting of Bly Manor and the date it will be dropping on Netflix, Star Wars Squadron story details, PS5 and Xbox Series X release dates reportedly revealed? Mulan coming to Disney Plus for subscribers at no extra fee, but when? December? Maybe not. And Carl Urban reiterating that he is down to be Judge Dredd once again. Alright, with all of that said, let's go ahead and introduce you guys to the Pop Culture Underground rating system. So if you do not know much about me, my favorite TV shows are The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, and The Office. The Office has very quickly become my all-time favorite. I just watched it for the first time maybe two years ago. And let me tell you something. I am not kidding when I say this. I have watched at least two episodes of The Office every day that I started watching it. It quickly became an addiction of mine. And I have now gone through the entire series at least nine times. At least nine times. I'm making it ten right now. I love to watch it when I go to bed. I think it is some of the most brilliant writing I've ever seen. I think Michael Scott is probably my favorite TV character ever. And for that reason, I based the Popsy Underground rating system off of The Office. Michael Scott will make your day better no matter what is going on in this world. If you think you're an asshole, 
Dwight Schrute will prove you otherwise. If you think nobody likes you as much and you're the most hated person in the world, Toby will show you differently. If you think you don't care about things, Stanley will show you just how much you do care about things. Guys, I love The Office, and this is my way of honoring one of the greatest TV shows of absolute all time. So, here is the rating system. If I absolutely love it, it is great, it is phenomenal, I compel you to watch it, I am going to give it an undie. Now, before you start laughing, let me explain this. On The Office, Michael Scott loves to give out awards called the Dundies. It's a Dundie award. And they are absolutely ridiculous awards. But I've got one right here on my table. I am staring at it right now, among my million other pop culture items up here. So, instead of a Dundie, since we are pop culture underground, I'm going with an Undie. I will award any movie or TV show that I think is absolutely phenomenal and I think you should not miss the prestigious Undie Award. If I think it's just okay, got a little bad, but mostly good, and it is definitely worth your time, you should at least check it out, I am going to give it a Stanley. And guys, there are going to be good Stanleys that are a lot closer to an Undie, and bad Stanleys that are a lot closer to this next rating. The final rating I will give something, if it is absolute trash, if it is not worth your time, I am going to give it a Toby. Yes, a Toby. And I don't know about you, but the Toby part just cracks me up. I love it. Now, don't worry. If you are not a fan of The Office, I will also be pairing these ratings with a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 out of 5 star rating system, except it won't be stars. It will be any item that has to do with whatever we are rating. So that right there is the Pop C Underground rating system. Let me know what you think about it, please. Hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash popcunderground. Let me know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at twitter.com slash at popcunderground. Let me know what you think. Or send us an email at popcunderground at gmail.com. Also, got to get this out of the way. Guys, I'm doing this podcast full time, absolutely full time. It is my number one job. There is a tip link at the bottom of the episode. If you believe this show is worth your time, And you can do so. I repeat, you can do so. Only if you can. These are hard times, guys. If you are struggling like like my family is, if you are struggling like most of the world is right now, do not leave a dime. And most people aren't going to leave a dime anyways, okay? I'm not stupid. I understand that, right? This is what I love to do. This is what I want to continue to do. This is just my passion. This is my life. And I want to keep it that way. So if you can do so, you can tip the show At the bottom of the show notes, there is a tip jar link because I I have a lot of things planned for the show. I have unboxings I would love to do, YouTube videos I would love to do, more episodes. I want to bring on more guests. There there is so many things that I want to do with this. And what I will do for you if you do tip, send me an email showing me that you tip the show. I'll probably see it anyways, but let me know. And what I will do is I have the ability to make some episodes private on the show. So... If you tip the show, I don't care how much, if you tip the show, let me know that you tip the show and let me know what topic you would like me to cover. Anything. If I've never seen it, I will watch it. If I've never listened to it, I'll listen to it. If I've never done it, I will do it. Let me know within reason and I will create a private episode for you and I will send you a private RSS feed that only you 
will be able to listen to and anybody else that tips. So if there's three people that tip, all three of them will get all three episodes that I promised you guys. And like I said, I'm going full-time with this. This is my only focus during the days. So I have tons of time to do this. I am very, very thankful that I'm able to do this. But with all of that said, let's hit up Marvel Weekly. As I touched up on in the beginning of the episode, Chadwick Boseman has passed away at the age of 43 due to colon cancer. He has left us way too quickly. And if for some reason you skipped the beginning of the episode and missed it, you got to go back because I feel very passionate about the words I had at the beginning of this episode, and I feel very strongly about them, and I would really, really compel you to please go listen to them. Now, without spending a whole ton of time on this, because by now I know a lot of you have heard a lot about this, I know you've read everything you can read about it, and there's not much else that I can say that has not already been said. But I will say this, I am not going to talk about Black Panther 2. I am not going to talk about the Black Panther character. I am not going to talk about any of that right now. It's too early. Shame on everybody for thinking about it right away and that being your first thought because we lost a truly rare, inspirational human being that did so many great things for so many people. Have you guys seen the pictures of Chadwick Boseman going to hospitals and helping terminally ill while he himself was battling cancer? I mean, that right there. That right there shows you what kind of human being he was. And guys, the first time that I ever saw Chadwick Boseman uh, was actually in Justified Season 2, where he played a character by the name of Flex, oddly enough. And the title of that episode was For Blood or Money. The next time I saw him was in the movie 42, which a lot of you have, which was one of his breakout movies. He played the character of Jackie Robinson who was the first African-American to play in Major League Baseball in the modern era. Now, if you go and look at Chadwick Boseman's filmography, you will definitely see what the man was about. He put a lot of his passion into his work, a lot of his beliefs into what he chose to portray, and the man was just downright amazing. And he will always, forever, forever and ever and ever be remembered. Now, I am leaving out a ton of roles this guy had. He played in a lot of movies, he had so many breakout roles, he was in a few TV shows. But of course, most know him as the King of Wakanda, Black Panther. And right when this happened, I got my whole entire family together, we busted out the Black Panther 4K Blu-ray, and we watched that movie. And it was hard to see him on screen knowing what just happened. But it was also incredible to see him in that role once again. He was amazing in almost everything he did. And what I saw with Black Panther and with what he did by bringing that whole entire community out in droves to support the cast of that movie and Chadwick Boseman himself, what I saw, I will never forget. I will never forget the diversity I saw, the cultural representation that I saw with my own eyes. It was incredible to see. It was amazing to see the support that came out for the African-American community. It was incredible, incredible to see. And I even to this day try to teach my kids what this man meant and what he was trying to do. Because man, is it important. I would like to end this by saying thank you to Chadwick Boseman's family 
for giving us such an incredible human being to look up to, to look at as a role model, and to be inspired by. Thank you so much for that. We will never, we will never have another one quite like Chadwick Boseman. Now also this past weekend, Marvel's New Mutants debuted to $7 million at the box office. Now, while that may be considered a box office bomb, like predicted, it may actually not be when you consider the fact that it is the largest box office opening since theaters closed down in March. Now, at the same time, that's not very hard to do when there aren't many movies out and there aren't very many movie theaters open. Nevertheless, they can be proud of that achievement, I suppose. Now, I cannot levy too much hate or praise for this movie. However, I can levy my disgustment that the studio misspelled one of the New Mutants co-creators' names. Now, this does happen sometimes, even though it is a complete F.U. to the creator, in my opinion, especially in this case. Because it's not like you guys had plenty of time to do a spell check. I mean, my God, how many times was this movie delayed and delayed and reworked and worked on? And through all that time, you couldn't spell check the creator of the characters that you are making money off of? It's disgusting, and he should be upset about it. Now, he got mad about it, rightfully so, and a lot of fans followed his frustration and just went savage on the studio and the movie itself. There's been a lot of bad things said about this movie. There's been a few good things said about it. The movie has its defenders. I witnessed one of them on Twitter this weekend against one of my own tweets. Now, I actually, in the beginning believed that they were making a big mistake by releasing this in theaters and not putting it on streaming instead. Because of the competition it's up against right now is not anything near the competition it would have been up against on streaming. Because when you think about it, it was the first superhero movie to hit theaters in a long time. It was the first time people were able to go to theaters in a long time. And it was also the only superhero movie out to talk about. And whether the press was good or bad, you go by the old saying, any press is good press. Now, I gotta mention, Donny Cates is the best writer in comics right now. I don't care what you say, he just is. His Thor run started off, and still is, so good. The way that they brought Galactus into that run They did it in an organic way. It made sense to the story. It was part of the whole plot. It wasn't just for frills. And what they did with Galactus and Thor was so cool, was so phenomenal in my opinion. I just don't understand how Donny Cates continues to do it. His Redneck comic is so phenomenal. His Silver Surfer run, fantastic. His Thanos run is epic and legendary and always will be. And his Venom run, What he has done with the introduction of Null and what he's doing with Null and the way that he has Eddie and the symbiote bounce off of each other and Ryan Stegman's art is just absolutely killer on that comic. I am so happy I got that man's autograph a few years back. But what he's doing with Eddie and the symbiote is just brilliant. It it is classic Eddie versus symbiote confrontation. It is classic symbiote goodness. 
It is just, but it's also not classic because he brought in Null and he rewrote the entire history of symbiotes in general and he made it better. And he does this and he does this and he does this and he continues to do it with every property the man touches. The man is a legend. The man is incredible. The Venom run is so epic and legendary. The Thor run is so epic and legendary. Anything this guy has done is epic and legendary. And Marvel made, Marvel Comics made the best move they have made in the last 10 years by getting Donny Cates to write comics for them. The guy is incredible. Not only is he a fantastic writer, but he is also a fantastic human being. He engages in social media with normal, ordinary people every single day. During the shutdown, he did so much for comic shops and comic artists and writers. It was so awesome what he did. I have talked to the guy on numerous occasions myself on Twitter. The, the guy is a legend. And it would have been a shame if I would have let one more Popsy Underground episode go by without mentioning Donny Cates, the legend. That'll do it for Marvel Weekly, so let's hit up the DC side. DC Weekly. In a shocking turn of events, DC is the side this week with not very much news or information coming out. It was actually Marvel this week. Now, that happened in a terrible, terrible way, and in a very unfortunate way. And when I go back and I listen to episodes, actually, I think it was every single episode I'd done until this point where I start off by saying, you know, once again, Marvel has no news. We're waiting in the weeds for news. I, I just feel terrible about it because it's like, well, you get what you asked for, right? I mean, I asked for Marvel news, and unfortunately, we got it. And we got it in the worst way possible. And I wish I could go back and just erase any thoughts I had of that because I would so much rather not have a peep out of Marvel if it could mean that we could still have Chadwick Boseman. I would do many things if it would still mean we would still have Chadwick Boseman. But on the DC side, we do have a couple of things. We have one piece of news, and that is Batman Day 2020. It is going to take place on September 19th. And this is what DC has in store for us. For Batman Day this year. This year, you will be able to go to batmanday.com to find new activities each day, such as DIY cape and cowl instructions, a how-to video about creating your own bat signal, and more. There will be a Batman virtual 5K slash 10K run. The Injustice 2 mobile app will feature back-to-back -back Batman arenas, along with a special classic Batman invasion event. Players will also be treated to a free Batman Day gift and various sales on in-game chest and bundles. DC Legends will celebrate the Protector of Gotham this Batman Day. Players who log in on September 19th will receive a special treat and can check out the store to unlock and boost up their favorite Gotham superhero or supervillain with a promo sale. DC Universe Online is celebrating Batman Day with an in-game Batwing form change trinket, free for all players, and a new Riddler-inspired aura for members between September 14th and 20th. And DC's digital subscription service, DC Universe, will also be celebrating with some exciting news you won't want to miss. You will also be able to drive around for the first time to the new Waze Batman theme that will allow for more than 100 million monthly active Waze users to ride along with Batman and the Riddler from August 31st to October 31st. Waze drivers can opt to hear directions in the style of Batman, 
voiced by the legendary Batman the Animated Series actor Kevin Conroy, the pinnacle Batman in a lot of people's eyes. On Waze, you will also be able to select a custom Batmobile icon and Batman mood. Drivers who want a slightly more villainous experience can select the Riddler voice directions, voiced by actor Wally Wingert. Waze users worldwide can experience the Batman theme in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. And a lot more will be happening on Batman Day. More details to come, and you can also find out more details at CBR.com. And now it is time to wrap up DC Weekly with my Superman Man of Tomorrow quick review. So, Superman Man of Tomorrow does offer a new origin story for Superman with a distinctly different animated style. And this animated style took me some getting used to. I did end up being okay with it about middle of the movie, but man, it did kind of take me by surprise at first. And I kind of had to get used to it because the characters are defined in really bold outlines. Uh, which which I have, I don't really think I've seen a whole lot through DC animated movies. It's definitely new in, in the more recent aspect of their whole animated universe. Now, the action in this movie takes place primarily in a futuristic metropolis with a retro throwback to the Kent Smallville farm, which I thought was cool. I did like that part. Now, Clark in this movie does not have a clue to his actual heritage. And remember, all reviews on the normal episodes are spoiler-free, so do not worry about me spoiling much. Now, like I said, I liked the throwback to the Smallville farm. Now, Clark does not have a clue to his actual heritage here, as I was saying. Jonathan Kent is alive and well. The film does explore Clark's struggle fitting into human society as a near-omnipotent extraterrestrial. It works on an emotional level, but it, it gets really melodramatic, I want to say, in a very weak climax. I will say that I did like the first part of this movie. I did not like the rest of it. I did like Lobo. I did not necessarily like Parasite very much. Now, the movie does have fan appeal, but the problem is that it just it just lacks the punch of recent DC titles. I, I feel like if you put this one up against most of their recent titles, it's just it's just trash. And I hate to say that, but it just is. I, I mean, I, I I have gone through and read a lot, and it's weird. This is actually a very divisive movie. It's a lot of people liked the new take on the origin. A lot of people are sick of another Superman origin. But this also gave me some vibes of Superman American Alien by Max Landis, which I actually did enjoy that comic quite a bit. But this gave me a lot of vibes that I got from that comic. Like, uh, his first, the first, if you want to call it, the homemade suit that he makes is very similar to something he wears in that comic. A lot of his origin aspects from that comic take place in this movie. Not all of them, but some of them. And this movie also parallels with some of the aspects from Man of Steel as well, as Clark does want to use his incredible powers for good, but he's scared to be discovered as an alien. His adopted father continuously warns him about Mankind's Darkest Instincts, which parallels with Man of Steel once again. Mankind hates, fears, and persecutes outsiders, and that is what Clark is mostly scared about. And in this movie, they hate him, they love him, they hate him, they love him. It, it's kind of tropey when it comes to that aspect, but I didn't think it was too terrible on that front. Now, Zachary Quinto plays Lex Luthor, and I thought he did an okay job. I thought the voice fit. 
and Lex Luthor's launch of a rocket turns into a disaster. And that's kind of when Lois Lane and Clark kind of come into form here uh, and start to begin their journey, so to speak, when Clark is basically forced to redirect the rocket into space. Now, I'm not going to spoil it any more than that. That was actually a little more than I wanted to give off. But I thought it was important to mention and outline what gets Clark going as it is Lex Luthor in this movie. And he also runs into Lobo and Parasite. And I don't want to give much else away about that because it, it kind of is a big spoiler towards the end. But Clark is basically a millennial trying to find purpose in this movie. And you might like that. You may not. The characters look like they were drawn with a black sharpie. And this was my main problem in the beginning and why it took me so much to get used to it. It actually becomes more evident when their facial features don't share this quality because Lois Lane's nose seems to vanish straight off of her face. Lex Luthor's bald head basically becomes a blank oval and Parasite looks really different from a forward-facing perspective than he does in any other way. It's very strange and it's very off-putting and it also does not help that the battles are completely underwhelming. Superman and Lobo do have a decent initial fight, but there is nothing else in the film that matches that intensity or even lives up to what a Superman versus Lobo fight should be. I don't care if it is early in Superman's career. He is still a Kryptonian versus Lobo, who is a badass, a straight-up badass. And I felt like we should have got much more better action sequences in this movie than we did. And some might point out to say, well, that wasn't the point of this movie and what they were trying to point out. But it's the same thing that every Superman origin film ever tries to point out. And if that's the case, then why even bring Lobo into it? I know it served a purpose in the plot of the movie, but why? Uh, then why add Parasite? I, I just felt like there was a lot of unnecessary things here that you didn't need to tell the, the, the story that you wanted to tell. A very tropey story, in my opinion. Just in the long run, I didn't really like it that much. It just doesn't work as an action film, even though maybe it wasn't supposed to be. But, I mean, I guess it does successfully depict Clark Kent's journey to becoming Superman. And Superman diehards and Superman fans will appreciate the time spent on his actual upbringing. Others may feel differently, especially when it comes to the animation of all of this. Uh, but I was definitely not a fan in the long run. I, I came to be okay with it throughout the film, but that's because I was watching it over and over. If I stopped and then left to do something and then came back, it jarred me again. I, I did not like it. I liked the colors. I liked the acting. That stuff was all okay. Some of it didn't fit, but it wasn't It wasn't detrimental to the movie necessarily. But this movie, I, I would skip it, guys. I would not buy, I would definitely not spend $20 on it. It is not worth that at all. Uh, you are much better off spending your money on Superman Red Sun. I really liked that movie. I thought that movie was great. Or like the pinnacle of all DC animated films, Flashpoint. I think Flashpoint is probably the best one out there. I mean, you could levy it up against The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and Part 2. Uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. A lot of people think that's the best one, even though the Joker voice in that I don't like. And But I am very excited for the Choose Your Own Adventure Death in the Family uh, movie that's coming out here soon. But when it comes to Superman Man of Tomorrow, I am going to give it two capes out of five. And I am 
going to label it a Stanley. A bad Stanley. And once again, if you missed it, if I love the movie, I will give it an undie. If I think it's okay, it's worth your time, I will give it a good Stanley or a bad Stanley. And if I think it is absolute trash, which I kind of do think this one is, but I think it has enough to pull it out of that category, I will give it a Toby. Now, if you guys are Office fans, you will understand that, like I said, beginning of the episode. If not, too bad, I guess. Go watch The Office. All right, guys, that does it for DC Weekly. Unfortunately, Superman Man of Tomorrow was not as good as I would have liked it to be, but time goes on, and trust me, more DC animated movies are coming. Time to hit the last segment of the show, Pop C Weekly. Kicking off Pop C Weekly this week is the highly anticipated follow-up to The Haunting of Hill House with The Haunting of Bly Manor. It will be dropping on Netflix on October 9th, just around the corner, and fans will finally be able to see Mike Flanagan's new series arriving on Netflix. Now, the new installment in the anthology is called The Haunting of Bly Manor, and Netflix released the first teaser trailer for the series on Monday morning. This new series will be an anthology, much like FX's American Horror Story, Now, quite a few of the actors from The Haunting of Hill House will be back in the fold, playing different characters in a totally different story. Bly Manor does take place across the pond in England, and it provides a change of scenery for the franchise. The franchise draws from the iconic supernatural stories of Henry James, and the official synopsis for The Haunting of Bly Manor can be heard right here. From The Haunting of Hill House creator Mike Flanagan and producer Trevor Macy comes The Haunting of Bly Manor. The next highly anticipated chapter of the Haunting Anthology series, set in 1980s England. After a pair's tragic death, Henry Wingrave hires a young American nanny to care for his orphaned niece and nephew, who reside at Bly Manor with the estate's chef Owen and housekeeper Mrs. Gross. But all is not as it seems at the manor, and centuries of dark secrets of love and loss are waiting to be unearthed in this chilling gothic romance. At Bly Manor, dead doesn't mean gone. What do you guys think of the first teaser? Let me know on social media, on Facebook or Twitter, at Underground. A new Star Wars Squadrons trailer debuted during Gamescom 2020's opening night live show, and Star Wars fans were treated to a new Star Wars Squadrons trailer that focused on the single-player portion of the game. Now, the game's campaign will cover the events right after the conclusion of Star Wars Episode VI, Return of the Jedi, placing it within the newly established Disney-era canon of Star Wars, leading up to the events of The Force Awakens. Now, according to this trailer, players are going to take on the role of two pilots belonging to both the New Republic and the rapidly decaying Galactic Empire. The video includes developers' commentary on how exactly the events of the game tie into the major narrative of Star Wars as a whole. For example, some of the gameplay footage demonstrated furious space dogfighting in various exciting environments including asteroid fields and huge exploding arenas inside capital ships, which looked awesome. Star Wars Squadrons is shaping up to be a comprehensively attractive experience. And one of the things that I mainly wanted to touch up on about this game is the fact that it will have absolutely zero 
absolutely zero microtransactions, which is still baffling to me considering the history of EA's approach to in-game purchases. Another strong feature of the upcoming title is the ability to customize the player's spaceships and pilots with a rich set of cosmetic options, and that gets me pumped. Pimp my X-Wing. Come on. Come on, EA. Bring us the spinoff. Give me the Pimp My X-Wing spinoff. I cannot wait to be flying around in my decked out X-Wing or whatever spaceship I choose and just be in dogfights throughout all of the galaxy in Star Wars. The only concern, though, is whether Star Wars Squadrons will be able to offer enough content to engage the community in the long run overall because EA has already shared that it has no plans to add any new ships to the game following its release. But, however, it is still very pleasing to see that Star Wars Squadrons, initially designed as a multiplayer experience, Battlefront anybody, will feature a single-player campaign, Battlefront anybody, expanding the Star Wars saga with new events. Now, the story will most likely serve as some sort of a training ground for players who are eager to dive into these battles across space environments, but judging by this video, it looks like the game will provide the most realistic experience ever in the history of Star Wars video games, which is crucial for any space simulator, and I, for one, will definitely be picking up this game, and I think it's going to be good. I hope it's going to be good. It has to be better than the Battlefront games. I will say, though, Jedi Fallen Order, fantastic game. I would give that game an Undie Award all day long. I still play it today. Some of the puzzle solving is a little frustrating. Other than that, some of the repetitiveness is frustrating. And, and another thing that's really frustrating about it, I know it sounds like I hate the game here, is the, the lack of no true minimap. And I think minimaps are crucial to games like Jedi Fallen Order. Either way, I'm extremely excited for Star Wars Squadrons. Now, take this next bit of story with a big grain of salt, but it would appear that the PS5 and Xbox Series X release dates have reportedly been revealed and PS5s have started their pre-order window. They have begun pre-orders. We still, at the time of this recording, do not have prices for the systems, but it is heavily implied that they will be $500 or at the very least $500, probably $500 and $600. We're going to have to wait for that. We all, we're also going to need prices for the, uh, the digital editions because we know for sure PS5 is doing a digital only edition, which I will be getting, but it would appear that Xbox is doing one as well. It has had so many leaks about this quote unquote Xbox Series X Sorry, sorry, sorry. Xbox Series S. The Series X is real. We know that. But the Series S looks like it's going to be a digital-only uh, console that will be limited at 1080p. Now, that is just rumor, and that is just information from leaks at this time, but it looks like that is what Xbox is going to be doing for their cheaper console edition. But now we reportedly have reveal dates for the two. The PS5 and Xbox Series X release dates have been revealed in a new report. Now, at the moment of the publishing that I'm reading, Sony has not provided a release date or a release window for its PS5 console beyond holiday 2020. Meanwhile, Microsoft has provided a more narrow release window of November 2020, 
but that is all they have said so far. According to recent rumors, both console makers will announce release and pricing information next month. In the meanwhile, a new report has surfaced online that has potentially spilled the beans for both. So according to VGC, which cites numerous development and retail sources, both consoles are going to release within weeks of each other, just like the PS4 and Xbox One did. Now, this report notes that the Xbox Series X is currently slated to release within the first week of the month, which likely means it is releasing on November 6th because consoles typically release on Fridays. It is possible that we could get a release a few days earlier on November 3rd on a Tuesday, but I would venture to guess it would be on a Friday. Now, meanwhile, this report also claims that the PS5 will will release sometime in the middle of the month. So, likely the following Friday, which is November 13th, or even November 20th as well. It could drop on November 10th, a Tuesday once again, but that is less likely. I am very excited for the next two consoles to come out. However, I am one of those people that believe they should have held off and waited until next year. First off, people don't have a lot of money right now to be spending on $500, $600 consoles. Second off, it's just a terrible... I mean, it is literally the worst year ever to release a new console. You're in the middle of a pandemic. You had just had your production shut down for a while. People don't have a lot of money. Xbox had Halo Infinite freaking delayed a whole year, it looks like. Maybe longer, even. And and I don't know what Xbox is going to do now. That was the only thing, besides their system being maybe maybe potentially way more powerful than the PS5, but the PS5 does have other features that can make up for that. But they already had such a limited library of games to launch with the Series X, and even the PS5 doesn't have much, it looks like. Maybe maybe the only game might be the Spider-Man Miles Morales game. We'll have to see. But Xbox really didn't have anything. They had Halo Infinite, that was it, and now that has been delayed. So the titles that will be available for it at launch are, I'm not even going to name them. They're not even worth naming. I guess a couple are, but I'm just not going to name them because they're not worth it. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, can, I do not think Microsoft can afford to get behind again on Sony and the PlayStation. But if you believe that Microsoft is more aiming towards cloud gaming and their games as a service model with their uh, Xbox Game Pass, which it does look like they are more focused on that than anything, then they may not really care about their console sales. However, trust me, they did not want to delay Halo Infinite, but it does say a lot about what they think about that project by not rushing it and trying to get it out to parallel with the new Xbox Series X and have it be a bad game, which a lot of people said it looked like and a lot of people predicted it might be. Because let me tell you something, this new Halo game cannot be bad or they will have ruined the Halo franchise going forward. A lot of people hated Halo 5 Guardians. And while I loved the multiplayer of that game, I thought that was the best best multiplayer Halo game ever because of everything that they brought into that multiplayer and mixed together in such a well-balanced way. The campaign... I mean, it wasn't trash, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't up to the standards of a Halo campaign. I still do not understand why they took Master Chief out of that game. Why did they have to do that? They totally did not have to do that, and I think that hurt them a lot, and I think that is the number one reason why 
They are making him front and center in this new game and also bringing Halo Infinite back to the original Halo Combat Evolved. Now, I don't know what the sales are going to be. It's so weird to look at and I don't understand because the Xbox is looking like it's going to be so much more powerful than the new PS5. But at the same time, all things considered, how powerful does the PS5 really need to be? It has a lot of cool features coming out, a lot of cool rumored features. And I, for one, cannot wait for this new console generation. Mulan confirmed to be released for all Disney Plus subscribers without extra cost. But when? It was very recently announced that it would be in December that it would be available for everybody. Now, it is going to be available on September 4th for $30 as part of Disney Plus's premiere access. However... People were very excited to see that it would be coming in December for everybody. What happened? Did Disney Plus see, and Disney as a whole see, that a lot of people had tweeted and posted that they would just wait a few months because that's not very far. I mean, it was originally supposed to be December 4th, 2020. That is only three months afterwards. I mean... Did they make a mistake by doing this and then seeing everybody say, oh, we'll just wait, and so they're just going to pull the date? As of the time of this recording, the date is still technically unknown since they removed it. Does that mean that they are really not going to put it out for all subscribers for free on December 4th this year? Not necessarily. This could be a bunch of nothing, but I actually do believe that Disney saw everybody say that they will just wait. And so they decided, man, we shouldn't announce that. We're going to have to pull it, and we're going to have to hope that everybody that wants to see it pays for it, and they'll go from there. I I think it's important that people do, because if people do shell out the money for Mulan on the Premier Access, I think that opens up the road for Disney and other studios to do this more often instead of just releasing movies in theaters. And like I mentioned in episode zero of this show, you are not going to get anywhere near the numbers in movie theaters that you would have gotten pre-pandemic. I don't even think if a virus... I keep saying that if a virus comes out, the virus is already here, man! Um, I do not think that if they release a vaccine that you will even see those numbers yet. You, you could get a lot closer and make a lot more money because people would feel a lot more safe going, right? I still think that this is the new normal. We were already headed this way before the pandemic struck. All the pandemic did, in my opinion, was speed all of this digital world stuff up. It, it was already going to happen, guys. We were all already heading there. Coronavirus just forced our hand and made it happen a lot sooner than it would have happened if it were to happen organically, but it still would have happened. So I do think it's important that people pay for Mulan if they want to see it, because that will show Disney and all the other studios that it can be done on the streaming level. I think a lot of them are still very cautious about it, and that is why none of them have committed to doing this for the long run. However, If Mulan brings in Buku Bucks, I guarantee you that will change. Last up here for this episode, Carl Urban is still reiterating that he wants to return as Judge Dredd from his 2012 film, Dredd, which I absolutely adore. 
I try to watch that movie on a monthly basis. It, it just gets me amped up. It gets me pumped. It, it just makes me want more Carl Urban. How great is this guy? The Boys, Judge Dredd, many other properties. The man is incredible. He was born to play comic and pop culture roles, and he is so good at it. I love Carl Urban. He is such a good actor. I think he is an underrated, underappreciated actor, at least until The Boys. He's become much bigger since then because of the success of that show. And oh my goodness, one of the next few episodes will be featuring a Boys review. I cannot wait! But back to this, Carl Urban has stated twice now over the past few weeks that he wants to reprise his Judge Dredd role. At first, he stated he would love to come back as Judge Dredd for any reason, really. But this last particular statement he made, he referenced the upcoming TV show Mega City 1. I can't wait for this show, especially if Carl Urban is going to be a part of it. As in a recent interview with Screen Geek, Urban updated fans on his involvement in Judge Dredd Mega City 1. Now, according to Urban, he is keen to return for the Judge Dredd TV series, which is being developed by the prolific Rebellion CEO Jason Kingsley. Carl Urban is enthusiastic about Kingsley's involvement in the upcoming TV series. Now, he believes that working with him and his team would be a gratifying experience. Urban has also mentioned that there is a plethora of great, great stories within the Judge Dredd universe that can be exploited for the show. Urban cannot confirm his return, but he did reveal that if he gets the opportunity, you can bet your bottom dollar he will be there. He is currently headlining Amazon Prime's critically acclaimed dark superhero comedy, The Boys, and his commitment to the show and other projects has not stopped him from being available for a Judge Dredd TV reboot, as he has stated multiple times. This is not the first instance of him expressing his willingness to be a part of Judge Dredd in any way, Mega City 1 in particular. He was reportedly already in talks for the show when it was first announced in 2017, but those discussions never materialized, unfortunately. Then in 2018, he stated that he was still interested in doing the show, and now he keeps saying it all the way up until now, 2020. He just keeps reiterating his eagerness for putting on that mask of justice once again. That will do it for the very emotional episode five, an episode of this podcast, no matter how long it goes on for, that I will always remember and cherish for my opportunity to get out my thoughts and let at least a few people hear about Chadwick Boseman and the man that I believed he was and just, man, it is just heartbreaking and we are going to carry this for a while. I will get around to discussing Black Panther 2 and what I believe they can do with that character. I have a few ideas that I think would work very well, but this just isn't the time. Right now, it is the time to reflect on Chadwick Boseman as a human being and what he meant to this world. Now, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please go on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Please go anywhere you can and leave a review. I would greatly appreciate it. Here very soon, I'm going to start reading all reviews. We're going to go through them, and I give all of you five stars. No, make it six. You can also leave a tip at the bottom of the show. You can follow me on social media, at PopCUnderground, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
I am up on Instagram now. I've been posting for a few days now. It is also Pop C Underground on Instagram as well. I will have a link for that at the bottom of these show notes. And if you do follow, thank you so much. I promise, at least I think, you won't regret it. I hope you won't regret it. But either way, everybody, if you're listening right now, I am sorry this happened over the weekend. If I could take it all back, I would. I would bring back Chadwick Boseman. I would give up my own life for the man because his life meant so much more to millions and millions of people in my life only mean something important to what? One, two, three, four, what, like three people and four dogs? What, is that about right? Yeah, no, sorry, three and a half people. I keep forgetting my wife is pregnant. No, not really, that's a joke, kind of. But hit that subscribe button if you like what you hear. I'm only gonna get better as I get back into the groove of this. Remember, I did host the Supercast podcast. No matter what you thought of that show, this show is very different. I'm trying to get a lot more to the point. I'm still trying to bring all the energy and passion I brought then. I'm a much different person now than I was on that podcast. It's hard to believe a a ton of things transpired. I was a single person who spent all of my money on collectibles when I did that podcast. Now, I have a family of two boys that I took over that I love more than anything in this world, a great wife, and I would imagine a pretty damn incredible baby on the way. That baby better have superpowers or so help me God. I I don't know what we're going to do because I've been telling everybody that this is the next son of Krypton right here, even though he's he's the son of Earth. But whatever, you get what I'm saying, right? You get what I'm saying. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. I will say it over and over and over. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed. Always remember to save the world one podcast at a time. And I will see you guys on the next episode Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. We love you. We thank you. We will never forget you. That is all. Guys, I will see you in a couple of days on the next episode. Have a good one, and I will see you guys then. Later.